Christmases to someone around you. I'll, I'll join in. Merry Christmas. Welcome. Yeah, good to have you this morning. Uh, if you are new here to First Church, welcome. This is a great weekend to be here with us. Uh, we have what we call section leaders. In each section, there's a section over here, section in the middle, and a section on this far side. Uh, at the end of the service, we've got uh, people are called section leaders. They'll have lanyards on. They'll be at the back of the room. I encourage you to stop by there, get to know them. They would love to uh, answer any questions you might have about the church and uh, tell you how you might get plugged in. They've got a little card that uh, encourage you to fill out and give to them, and they've got a gift that they would like to give back to you. So again, we're, we're glad that you're here. Welcome to 
uh, to First Church. Uh, we want to encourage our ushers to go ahead and get ready. We're going to take up our uh, morning offering. And as they're getting ready, I just want to say thank you for your generosity, the way that you give uh, so faithfully. Many of you give, I know, online, and uh, we appreciate that. And just want to let you know that we actually have a new giving platform that we're going to be using. So if you give online, you'll need to transition to this new uh, giving platform if you have a reoccurring kind of a thing that you've already set up. And so you can go to myfirstchurch.com. Uh, and you can get that set up. It's real simple. You can put a, uh, we don't like to encourage debit or credit cards, so you can put your debit card in or your uh, bank information or whatever, and you can use that. Again, it's real simple. It just takes, doesn't take very long at all to do that. So if you like to give that way, or uh, if you like me, you like to write a check, you can do that too, and you drop that in the offering plate. We have giving uh, envelopes too. You could talk to Pastor Greg. That's, those can come to your house. It just makes it a little simpler for you. But you could uh, give that way. And all of that helps us to be able to, as our vision here at First Church, restore God's ideal. Uh, just like this past year, we've had a goal of seeing 150 people baptized and uh, one to the Lord and growing in their faith. And we're over 100, and God's been blessing that. And we've done some wonderful things together in our community and around the world. And your faithful giving is a part of that. Uh, right after I pray, we're going to watch just a little short little video that tells you about this new giving platform. Uh, that you can use if you'd like to. It's real simple. Uh, and so let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll give our offering. Father God, thank you for a chance to give back. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, that is the greatest gift. And what a wonderful day to be reminded of the gifts that you have blessed us with, Jesus Christ. Pray that you'd use these tithes and offerings, use them to do some great things uh, in this world. Thank you, Father. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. totally living in the future, aren't we? Got apps for that. But I do want to thank you as well for your giving, your faithfulness to this congregation. It's because you're giving we're able to do what we do and be a part of God's work in the world. So it's, it's a pretty neat thing. We're going to continue to worship through song. So if, you, uh, if you'd like to join with us in singing. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconcile Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies 
celebrate the fact that you became human like us and lived like us and struggled like us so you could understand what it's like and that you could transcend it you could be perfect you could live a sinless life and do it for us to rescue us and so as we think about Christmas and you coming to this world as a baby, we also think about the fact that you came to, to rescue us, to defeat death. So God, we thank you and we love you, and uh, we just ask that you would help us to focus on you and learn more about you and understand your love for us just a little more today. So in Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, amen. Well, at this time, we are going to have a little kid's story. So Pastor Bill's going to come on up. And I believe, should I tell the kids to Sure, to have the kids come on up. Kids. We are glad. Uh, many of you noticed that um, we have uh, kids in our service today. Am I on? There we go. And uh, so all the kids, come on up. we got a time that we're going to spend a little bit talking about Christmas. And glad that you guys are all here. Come on down. You guys can have a seat right here. And I get to sit on this couch. This is kind of comfy. It's a kind of a chair, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we are all glad that you are here. Come on down, boys and girls. Scooch right in. You are going to, I'm going to read you a story, and you're going to be able to see the story today on that big screen right there, so that way you won't have to try to see the little pictures. Oh, look at that. You found a little ornament. Awesome. Thank you. Well, guys, I got a question to ask you. Um, scoot in. You guys, it's okay. You guys can scoot all the way in if you want so you can get nice and close. Uh, what holiday are we getting ready to have? Anybody know? Christmas. Christmas time, right? That's exciting. And, and do we know why we celebrate Christmas? Who knows why we celebrate Christmas? Shout it out, somebody. Um, Jesus' birthday. birthday. Very good. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And, um, and I know all of you are getting ready at home. How many of you are excited for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Great, great, great. And I, how many of you got Christmas trees decorated? Awesome. What do you put on your Christmas trees? Ornaments. Ornaments? Lights? Candy canes? Star? Yeah? Anybody put, like, anybody string popcorn and cranberries? A few of you do. Good job. Yeah, okay, awesome. Well, I have got something for all of you today, and um, it's a reminder for all of us about why we celebrate Christmas. What's this look like to you? It does. What, a J. And what do you suppose that J stands for? Oh, very good. And so that's a good reminder for us. These candy canes that we hang on our Christmas tree is really reminding us about why we celebrate Christmas. And, of course, we see the red and white stripes. The red reminds us that, that Jesus died for us. And because he died for us, the white reminds us that we are, we are, all of our sins have been washed away. We're clean, and we can, we can go to heaven with Jesus one day. So that's, the, that's our candy cane. And so all, do all of you want a candy cane this morning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you can't eat it until you check with your moms and dads. 
I don't want your moms and dads coming to find me all upset that they gave you sugar at 11 o'clock in the morning. So here, you can have one. There you go. And I'm going to pass this basket around, and we're going to make sure that everybody, you reach right in and get a candy cane. Everybody gets a candy cane this morning. Well, I know you guys are so super excited about Christmas. I know I'm excited about Christmas, too. Christmas is my favorite time of year. What's that? You get presents? Yep, yep. And I know a lot of people have got a real lot of really cool stories and things that they share with one another at Christmas time. Does anybody here, as a family, read the Christmas story at Christmas time? You guys read the Christmas story in the Bible? Sometimes? Well, this morning, this morning, thank you. Would you like candy cane too? There you go, there you go. Just in case. Well, sometimes, uh, we, some of you mentioned that you read the Christmas story, but this morning, what we're going to do is I'm going to read you a story out of this book right here. It's based off of Luke chapter 1 and 2. And if you look at the screen, you'll be able to see some pictures while I read the story aloud to you. Will that be okay? Yeah. Awesome. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready? Good. Here we go. He is here. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he had promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking... In the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. See, Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, the girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Well, Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness when, with Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. And you will call him Emmanuel. Jesus. It's right. He is God's own son. He is the one. He is the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirring around and around. The God who made the universe with just one word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's, it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God, Gabriel asked? So Mary trusted God more than with her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. 
Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Hmm. Soon, Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumble-down stable. That's right. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses all stayed. And there, in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. So Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as a cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And Mary and Joseph, they named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. Well, boys and girls, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas, and thank you for coming up and being here with us today. And just re remember all, boys and girls, that Christmas time is a lot of fun stuff, but most importantly, we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus. God bless you. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. You can go back to your moms and dads. Thank you, Pastor Bill. You want a candy cane too? I will. Yeah, just leave the basket for me. Oh, I can only have one. Okay. All right. Take your Bible with you, if you would, and uh, turn with me to Luke, the first chapter as you're turning there. Uh, just want to remind you of some things that are coming up in the life of the church. Uh, Christmas Eve is a huge event in the life of the church, and you might have someone that you know that doesn't have a church home. I encourage you to invite them to a Christmas Eve service. In this card, and there's some of these laying around uh, the church, your section leader might have one too uh, if you want to get one uh, to use it to... Uh, uh, invite someone. But we've got services here in St. Joe, so we've got uh, services at 4, 5.30, and 7. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we also have services over at the Stevensville campus at, five, at 4 and 5.30. And then uh, actually online, uh, and we want to really emphasize this, uh, we, we're starting a new uh, internet campus. So if there are weeks that you're out of town, or you can't be with us, or you know somebody that might be shut in, or someone that uh, might be thinking about uh, uh, maybe trying church out and, and, and seeing about this Jesus person and, and, uh, and faith. Uh, and the online campus might be a great place for them uh, to get started. And so you can invite them to our online uh, campus. And so you can uh, find that on myfirstchurch.com, and that's at the bottom as well. And so we'll be broadcasting live at 4 o'clock. Uh, on uh, Christmas Eve, and so you can uh, check that out. So use these invitations. Uh, the other thing I wanted to just uh, let you know about that's coming up in the life of the church uh, in the new year, the first Wednesday of the new year, so January the 6th at 6.30 in the other end of the building uh, in the sanctuary, we have uh, just a, a kind of a 
worship extravaganza. We're gonna we're starting a new series in January on worship, and so we're gonna, we're calling it a winter rally. Uh, and we're going to start out with a night of worship at 6.30. And so there's things uh, for children's ministry going on that day. There's things for youth ministry going on that day. And then in the, in the sanctuary at 6.30, we're going to have a time of worship. And then also kind of highlight some of the new opportunities and classes that we have uh, for the winter. And so uh, it's a great next step. And so if you're here today and, you know, what's my next step? How can I get engaged? How can I get to know some people? That's a great next step for you would be this winter rally and then to find a place where you can get engaged. So I encourage you to, to check those opportunities out uh, in the life of the church. Well, the last few weeks, we're, we've been in this series called uh, Extraordinary God and Ordinary People, and how God uses uh, ordinary people to do some amazing, extraordinary things uh, in our world. And so today we celebrate, obviously, the birth of Jesus Christ and how God used ordinary people to, uh, to, to just bring about this reality of Jesus Christ uh, being born. Now, when we think about Christmas, there's a lot of things that are really cool about Christmas. A lot of really cool things. There's trees, there's, uh, there's reindeer, there's Santa, there's Frosty, there's, there's lights, although I see that my favorite kind of lights, the colored lights. Anybody else, you love colored lights? Oh yeah, colored lights. Colored lights, yeah. So there's the colored lights. There's the there's the new blockbuster movies that come out, like Star Wars around Christmas time. And so there's a lot of really cool things about Christmas. But the thing that we really emphasize is really the obviously the key thing about Christmas. The reason we celebrate it's not all those things, but the reason we celebrate Christmas is Jesus Christ. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the birth of the coming of the Messiah. We celebrate the Savior. We celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrate our Savior. And so today we want to look, as we continue in this series, Extraordinary God, Ordinary People. And we're going to focus on the person that was probably the key of the ordinary people that God used uh, in the Christmas story. And the key person that God used that really couldn't have happened if it were not for her is Mary. Ordinary Mary. Mary, who, when we find her, when the angel Gabriel comes and appears to her, Mary, who probably at that point was uh, just a teenager, a teenager from an ordinary family, from an ordinary small little village in Israel. Nothing extraordinary probably had ever happened to Mary. And then in this moment, something extraordinary happens. God sends the angel messenger Gabriel to give her this message. And so we find the message in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. So if you have a Bible, or you can uh, follow with me on the screens. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And we'll skip in, uh, a little bit in, in, the, in the passage. But let me just start with verse 26. And it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And then skipping down to verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So when we think about this story, and when we get into this series, we're talking about ordinary people. So everybody, let's turn to the person next to you, especially you kids. Make sure you turn to the person next to you, turn to mom and dad, and tell them, hey, what? you know what? You're really pretty ordinary. So turn to the person next to you. Just tell them, hey, just remind them, hey, you're really pretty ordinary. We all need to be reminded that we're all pretty ordinary, really. And Mary was pretty ordinary. Christmas, as we celebrate, it's just a few days away. When we look at this story, we see Mary. And Mary, again, just pretty ordinary. We learn right off the bat from Luke. He, he says it. There's two things right off the bat that we can learn from Mary. It says that she was a virgin and that she was engaged to Mary Joseph. Now, based on that, what we can kind of get from that is, is that probably, as we mentioned earlier, is that she was a teenager. In her culture, in her day, for a young girl to uh, not be married but be engaged, she was probably a teenager at that time. And notice what the angel says to young, ordinary Mary, what he says to her in verse 28. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So the angel says, greetings, you are favored, the Lord is with you. Now, the angel said that to her, it made me think, is anybody, anybody like, as a Christmas tradition, to watch the, the, the movie Christmas Story? Anybody like that? You remember the Red Rider BB gun? Is that a favorite? I mean, we love to watch that at our house. You know, Ralphie, and he wanted the Red Rider BB gun. Kind of Remember what Ralphie's dad, the news that he got, he got a telegram, and the news was that he, got, he was going to be the recipient of a, remember what, he, what the term was? A major award. Remember what the major award was? We had a picture of the major award that Ralphie's dad won. Here it was. It came from Fragili, probably Italian, if you remember the, if you remember the movie. Um, uh, and so, and so here's the major award. So the angel comes to her and says, you've been given a major award. You are highly favored. Now, this is not really a major award, but what she got was something major. The angel says to her, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So the Lord's been with you. The Lord's going to be with you. The Lord is with you. And notice what her reaction was. She was greatly troubled at the saying. She's trying to figure out, what's, what's this mean? I don't, I don't get this. I don't, I don't understand. Why would God favor me? Why am I special? And in, as we look at this story, what we don't see, as we read between the lines, we don't see any pride in her. She wasn't being pious. We, we don't see that in her. There wasn't a hint of her feeling like she was entitled to God's favor. She's not, you know, she's not acting like she's all that. She's like, well, of course I'm favored. Of course. Have you, you know who I am. Of course I'd be the one. If you need some help, God, I'm, I'm the one for you. You don't see any of that. What you see is, a, is something that's core. To a follower of Christ. Core to someone that, you know, the ordinary people that God uses in extraordinary ways. And the thing that's core to that is humility. A value that Jesus 
uh, modeled for us in Scripture, a value that Scripture holds up as, as, a, as, as the norm of a Christ follower. So when we think about Mary, we think about what we can learn from Mary, extraordinarily inspired people like Mary, like us, view themselves with humility. View themselves with humility. James reminds us that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And we don't want to take a ton of time. It, was just, uh, it wasn't that long ago that we actually talked about humility as a, uh, in, a, in a service like this. Uh, and so we just want to, to lift it up and just kind of as we think about Mary, we think about the kind of person that God uses, the kind of ordinary person that God uses in an extraordinary way. They view themselves with humility, the Christ follower. It's vital that we live our lives with humility. Let's jump back in the story and see what else we see. And I want you to just notice, if you were to go back and kind of look through the story, notice the different reactions that Mary gives in the midst of this story. So there's that reaction that initially when the angel says, hey, you're highly favored, hey, you're special, you've won a major award, kind of, kind of, that, kind of that message. And notice what her first reaction to that news was. It says that she was troubled. Troubled what he, by what he said to her. There's another reaction that we see. We see that she was troubled. We, another reaction that we see is when the angel says, to her, hey, don't be afraid. So obviously a reaction that she was having in that moment was fear. Now the reaction a little later in the story when, when the angel says, hey, you're going to give birth to the son. And she's like, well, how is that going to happen? I'm, I'm a virgin. I don't get that. And so what we see, again, another reaction from her was doubt. How's that going to happen? I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand how that's going to work. Now, you might be able to, as you read the story, you might be able to pick out, those are just some things I picked out, some reactions that I picked out. You might be able to find other reactions that she was having in that moment. But then notice kind of where she ends up in her, as she interacts with this angel, kind of the reaction that she kind of ends with. What does she say to the angel after they have this discussion? What's kind of the end thing that she says to the angel right before he leaves? She says, let it be according to your word. Even though I don't understand how this is going to happen, even though I don't understand how this is going to all work out, I don't get it all, but, 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 but okay, let it be according to your word. That was her reaction. Her reaction that she moved through from, from fear, from tr- being troubled, from doubt, from those, from those other reactions, then she moves in and she kind of lands with resolve. It's kind of a final reaction, a resolve, a faith that, you know what, I'm going to have faith in God, let it be according to your word. I know this word that you sent, God, you sent your angel to give this word to me, let it be according to your word, and she has faith. We see that entire range of reaction, but she ends with faith, trouble, fear, doubt, but then resolve and faith. And so the second thing that we can learn is we think about extraordinarily inspired people. Again, we want to be people like this. We want to be people like that we can learn something from Mary. What do we see secondly from Mary is they experience ordinary reactions. There was anything wrong that, that she had gone through this series of reactions to what God was saying to her. In fact, it's pretty natural or human to have some of these different reactions before we kind of get to that point of resolve and faith. And if you think about other great men and women of faith in Scripture, if you read their stories, stories like guys like Job. Job who, 
who you know, really struggled at first. And he, when he lost everything and, and his friends come and they try to help him and he's really struggling and he's, he's asking God a lot of questions. Or what about Moses when, when God says, you're going to be my spokesperson? And Moses is like, what? I can't even talk. I, I, I stutter. I, you can't use me. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't do that. Or, or what about David? God said, you're going to be the next king, little shepherd boy, David. And, the, and then he's, he's struggling and, and Saul's after him trying to kill him. And you, if you remember that story and, and, and he, he's struggling and he's hiding out from Saul and is this ever going to happen and can I really trust and he, so he goes to this progression of this struggle these different reactions much like Mary and you look at the New Testament people like Peter or Paul and we see different reactions that they had before they got to that point of resolve and ultimately of faith I want to just encourage you to think about your own life Life hits us. Life gets difficult at times. We struggle and we get dif- difficult news and we get, get tapped on, a sh- on the shoulder at diff- difficult times in our lives. And, and we might have some of these same kind of emotions and reactions that we see here in Scripture. And so as you think about your own life, I just want to ask you the question, are you stuck at one of those reaction points? Maybe you're here and you're stuck in fear. Maybe you're here and you're stuck and you're just troubled in life. And you're just kind of stuck there. Or maybe there's, there's doubts about God and your purpose and why. And there's something going on in your life and you're just stuck there. And what I want to encourage you to think about is to allow God to help you to move like he was able to help Mary move from those initial reactions to that place of resolve and ultimately to the place of faith. So people that are extraordinarily inspired people have some of these ordinary reactions, but they don't get stuck there. Let's think again some more about Mary. I want you to think about what the effect is going to be of this news that the angel gives her. What's the, what's the effect of, the, of the, this news? And the, the reality is going to radically change her life. This unmarried teen who gets the news that she's going to give birth, she's going to become pregnant. And her culture, an unwed teenage pregnant girl, it wasn't good. It, it, was, it, was, it was the reason for shame in her culture it was a violation of the of the law I mean she could be taken out and stoned because of this imagine again the reactions that are going on in her very quickly as Gabriel's telling her this news and so when we really think about how she we see in her that she was troubled and we see some doubt and we see some fear that's all very natural I mean can you imagine the 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 dilemma that she's facing I mean what about the 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 shame that she's potentially going to be experiencing I mean again going to be running through her head this I mean she's a part of a small community the scorn the the reaction from the small close-knit community that she's from I mean, how's she going to explain to her mom and dad? How's she going to explain to her fiance? How's she going to explain to her friends? I mean, it's hard really to imagine God asking anything more extreme than what he asks, asks of young, ordinary Mary. Yet when we think about it, 
we really consider what was going on probably in her, what was the response that she gives? In verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departs. She doesn't even know all the details. I mean, she didn't get the, she didn't get the, the detailed, here is exactly how this is going to work. She didn't know how the, how the plan was going to turn out. But yet, even not knowing all the details, she totally devotes herself to God's plan. I don't know about you, but I tend to like a little more detail in my plans. We tend to want more detail up front. We, we want to have the answers to the questions of, well, what's in it for me? Well, what's the end game? And what's it going that end game? What's it going to look like for me? What's it going to cost me? What, what are the other options? I mean, I know this is plan A, but what about plan B or C or D? What does that look like for me? But yet, with everything up in the air and all of that unknown, what was her response? Her response was humble submission. She submits. And it's the next thing that we learn about extraordinarily inspired people. They respond in humble submission. What did she say? She said, I am the servant of the Lord. That was her words back to the, back to the angel. Okay, okay, I'm the servant of the Lord. And what we see in that is just her humility kind of just oozing out. You know, here I am. Uh, you're radically changing my life, but you know what? This is your world, you're my God, and I'm going to trust you, and you're in charge, and I'm your servant. And then I love these words when she says, let it be to me according to your will. And she's talking to God. God, according to your, to your word, not your will, according to your word, let it be like you said. So when we think about it, what, what we see, we see total submission on her part, recognizing that, that God was giving her an extraordinary task, this, this ordinary girl given this extraordinary task, and what we see is total humble submission. And to this day, her, this young, again, ordinary teenage girl inspires us 2,000 years later. So I was thinking about that. I'm thinking about her humble submission and her just saying, okay, here's my life and just submitting humbly to what God's plan was. It reminded me of 20 years ago when I met for the first time a retired doctor in the church when Chris and I went as youth pastors in Middletown, Ohio, a guy by the name of Dr. Wagner. Dr. Wagner had returned a few years earlier to retire. Uh, he had been a, serving as a missionary for the last decade in Ecuador. Dr. Wagner, uh, prior to that, prior to serving as a missionary in Ecuador, he had lived in Middletown, and he had a huge family practice in Middletown. He was the, had the largest practice in town. He uh, was a part of the church. He, he loved missions, had always had a heart for missions, and so the, there was a missionary that was supposed to come and that had canceled on, on them, and so they'd asked Dr. Wagner to, to share, and so Dr. Wagner, uh, uh, one night, was sharing about missions and showing some pictures and slides and whatnot. And then it got to the point where he uh, was supposed to really encourage people to really think about, you know, what's your mission? What's God calling you to? And even, you know, the, the real big ask was maybe God, maybe he's even calling you to, miss, you to missions. 
And as Dr. Wagner was, again, this successful doctor in his 50s there in, he was 50-something years old at the time. He's given this presentation and as he kind of gives that ask, and maybe God is calling you to something like that. He feels this inner nudge of God asking him the question, why don't you go? Why don't you go? And at first he was like, uh, you know, just maybe I had a little too much to eat or a little, little, little indigestion or something. I, I mean, there's something that what was going on was not, you know, God's the hand of God moving in his life. It was, it was something else. But, but that call, that, that nudge continued in Dr. Wagner's life. And so Dr. Wagner and his wife, they just, they just, they, he, he, he closed his practice and he, in his 50s, went down and became a missionary in Ecuador. And so for the next decade, Dr. Wagner served the people of Ecuador, planting churches and ministering to people and, and uh, bringing healing and help to the people of Ecuador for a decade. Dr. Wagner, as you kind of think about that, Dr. Wagner's story is really not that much different than Mary's story. I mean, imagine Dr. Wagner and it, it, what he could have said in that moment when God, when God called him, when God taps him, when God asked him to join him in doing something extraordinary. Dr. Wagner could have said, well, well, look at me. I'm too important. Wouldn't it be better if I just stayed where I was and I could send a lot more people? I mean, I'm, I, he was at his peak earning years. I mean, think about the number of people that he could send to the mission field or support on the mission field. Someone else can go do that. I'm going to stay here. I'm too important to do that. And then Mary's, if you imagine her reaction could have been, well, look at me. I'm not important enough to do that. But the thing that they both had in common was both of them saying to God in the midst of reasons why they could or they couldn't or they should or they shouldn't. They both have this thing in common of humble submission and saying to God, you're in charge. I'm your humble servant. Let it be as your word has said. Their response was the same. There's one final thing that we can learn from Mary. Something that we see in her ordinary Mary that we need to be careful that we don't forget as we serve our extraordinary God. And we see it in verse 46. We, hadn't, we have not read it uh, up to this point, but in verse 46 we have the beginning of what is called the Song of Mary or the Magnificant in the, in the Latin, which means my soul magnifies. And this was Mary's, of the course of the next 10 verses, starting in verse 46, this was Mary's response. I'm just going to read the first couple verses. Mary's response after all of this, she praises and she worships God. And she starts and, say, and says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So her response was praise. Her response to, to what God was saying to her, calling her to, was worship. And so the last thing that we notice from her life, extraordinarily inspired people give extraordinary praise to their extraordinary God. That's something that we need to learn from Mary that we need to make sure that we don't miss. This week I was at, a, at this deal 
And there were people from the community there, and I was talking to this person. They don't attend this campus, but I was talking to this, uh, this couple, and we were just kind of chatting about things. And, and then they talked about this uh, church that they attended, and they talked about uh, um, how the, the worship leader had taken some of the Christmas carols, and, how he, and he, he, he starts to talk about it, and he turns to his wife, and he says, and what's that kind of music called, kind of with a, kind of an edge to his voice? And she says, Contemporary. He says, yeah, that contemporary, and they, and they took these good Christmas carols, and they, and they kind of messed them up, and he was talking about it, and I'm, I'm thinking, as this guy's talking, I'm thinking, you missed the opportunity to connect with the living God. You missed this great high privilege, because you were upset about style or whatever, and, and it's not about that. You could be in a, in a field somewhere in the middle of nowhere and have the, take the great privilege of being able to praise God. You could sit in a, in a space like this, and you can praise and worship God. And you can do it raising your hand. You can do it sitting in your seat. You can do it standing there. You can do it worshiping. There's any number of ways to worship our God, but to miss the opportunity. Mary didn't want to miss the opportunity. And we learn from her that she gave extraordinary praise to her extraordinary God. Just as a little sidebar in the new year, starting in January, we're going to we're going to start a series on worship, and we're going to talk about not just worship that we do corporately, but we're going to talk about all different kinds of, you know, worship as a lifestyle and just different things about worship that I'm sure will be real helpful. I'm really excited about that, uh, about that uh, series of messages that we're going to get into in the new year. I just want to kind of mention that, and, and, and but we, what we see in her is that she teaches us and reminds us of our privilege of giving this extraordinary praise back to God. Let me just conclude by trying to relate what we've talked about today to life and to us. Let me just kind of ask you some questions. As you think about Mary and you think about your own life, you think about ordinary Mary, and again, we reminded at the beginning, we're all ordinary as well. So in what sense has God chosen, and I want to encourage you to ask yourself this, in what sense has God chosen ordinary you? How's God chosen you? For us who, who, and for most of us in this room, uh, there's maybe a few that weren't born here in the United States, but most of us have lived our, pretty much our lives here in the United States. And so we were chosen to live here. We were chosen to live in this blessed place in a world where 1.23 billion people live on less than a dollar and 25 cents a day. We have been blessed. We've been chosen to live here. We have been given so much when 22,000 children every day in this world die of poverty, which we could do something about. We have to know that we have been chosen to live in this place. We have been blessed. We've been chosen. We think about in our world that there are corners of this world that have never for the first time heard the wonderful life-transforming message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have the privilege on any given day, we can go and we can be in a place like this and we can hear the message. Every weekend we can come. We can get online and hear it. We can hear this message that Jesus Christ was sent by the Father to the world for us. And we can find life. We can find hope in Christ. We have been privileged to hear this message we've been chosen and so we have been called we have been chosen we don't have to have an encounter with an angel to experience a call 
as an ordinary individual to get engaged in God's extraordinary work in this world. And so my final question for us today, our extraordinary God continues to invite ordinary people into his extraordinary purpose. And here's the question, how will you respond? How will you respond to your call? With her, with humble submission, praise on your lips like she had, as we conclude our time, I invite our worship team to come back up. You have a chance today to, in this, in this space, to take communion, which is a reminder of what Jesus Christ did for us. The cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. The bread represents the body of Jesus Christ that was given for us, broken for us. And so today, as we invite you into this time of worship. I want to remind you that, that Christmas is not just about Jesus Christ being in a stable in a manger somewhere, that, that God sent a son, that God sent an infant, that God sent a child to be one of us. He did all of that. But we need to then move beyond that to, the, to where Jesus, what he did for us, and that we need to end today with the reality that Jesus Christ went to a cross, went to a grave, and rose from the dead. And today as we take communion together. We remember why Jesus came. So that we might have life. And so today I would invite you to. Come to these tables. At the corners of the room. If you need. Uh, if you can't uh, get up. And you can't come to a table. There will be someone walking around. And they will bring the elements to you. Let me read this passage. And then you can come. And you can dip the, the bread. And you dip it into the cup. And you can either. Stay and kneel around a table or for, a, for a minute or you can go back to your chair. We'd invite you during this time of worship. And in Luke 22, it says this, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten it, saying, This cup is poured out for you, and it is the new covenant in my blood. And so, Father, we ask, God, for your blessing on this bread and this cup that represents Jesus Christ. And it represents the story of Jesus. And the fulfillment of Jesus is him giving his life and rising from the dead as a sacrifice for our sins to conquer death in the grave. And Father, today we look to Christ. We praise Him. The celebration of, of life that we have in Him. And we celebrate Him and thank you for Jesus. And remember His sacrifice. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we sing, why don't you come? Um 
Oh, 
And I hope that each of you have a blessed uh, Christmas. Uh, if you can, uh, we'd love to see you back on Christmas Eve. Maybe invite someone that you don't know. Uh, if you're going away and uh, you're with your family somewhere and can, log on uh, and be with us that way. Uh, MyFirstChurch.com on Christmas Eve at the 4 o'clock service. You can be live with us uh, online. And so I encourage you to do that. Glad you're here. If you're here for the first time, make sure at the back of the room that we've got our section leaders. Make sure you stop in and just uh, have a chance to greet them. We're glad that you're here. Lord bless you. Merry Christmas. We are